Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. downloading another episode of the thundercast right out of the gate russ i've got to say happy thanksgiving to everybody because i figure a lot of folks are going to be listening to this during traveling maybe uh but uh, it's wednesday you know it's the day before thanksgiving as we record so hopefully you guys are listening to this while you're indulging in far too much good food over the next couple of days gearing up for a massively important football game this weekend and other things this weekend uh but of course you can find us on twitter at thundercast underscore pod Links to everything is so easy to find. It's in our Twitter profile. It's in the links of, or it's in the description of all the episodes and all that good stuff. But look, man, you got a little bit of a smile on your face. Um, so what the heck? What's going on here? It's brining day. <laughs> I live for this holiday. I live for this week. It's brining day. Oh, it's here, man. I got the turkey taking a good long bath and uh, it'll be ready for roasting tomorrow and that's all I got to say is it's brining day. <laughs> it's, and, well, it's, and, and if there are people out there listening that's going brining day, yeah, why? And you're not brining your turkey, don't invite me to your Thanksgiving dinner because <laughs> I ain't about no dry turkey, man. Anybody wants to get some good turkey the way it was meant to be eaten, come over to my house. <laughs> well, good. Then that means we're going to be on a pretty positively uplifted mood hopefully for this episode because there's a lot to still be excited about despite uh what may still be lingering around in some fans minds from this past weekend but it really ended very positively with the soccer team moving on to the sweet 16 and and uh you know tickets have already been put out to those season ticket holders and and uh, they, they've already had the, the sale for this weekend's game, and I don't think you're going to be able to get, to ho- get a hold of any unless you luck into winning a contest by some kick-ass podcast that might have a few available for that game. I know one. Yeah. Well, we've uh, got a football game to talk about, that's for sure. We've got some other things that go along with this football game to talk about. So uh, let's get into it with a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. Jason and Matt are experienced injury lawyers in Huntington who practice throughout West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. They can't protect you from bad drivers, but they will make sure you're treated fairly by the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Arkansas State is coming to the Joan, and uh, it's a laundry list, a myriad of things that surround this game that are very meaningful. And I made a quick list. I've got seven things, and you might have a few things that just pop into your head that I didn't mention. Uh, But this is another one real quick that checks another team off the list of teams we have never played before. That's a pretty cool thing right out of the gate. And that leaves just Texas State as the last remaining team in the Sunbelt Conference that we have yet to play a game against. Now, you might be thinking, well, we haven't played Louisiana Monroe. No, not since we joined the Sunbelt, but we have played them before. I don't know when, but I saw that we have played them before. So Texas State will be the last team in the Sunbelt Conference. But that's that's a talking point for another day. This day is all about Arkansas State. Game, Saturday. 
November 25th, 3.30 p.m., Jones C. Edwards Stadium. If you can't make it and you're too far away like me, if you're close enough to make it, you should make it. But if you're too far away like me, you got to watch it on ESPN+. Arkansas State is a 6-5 and five football team, Russ, 4-3 and three in the Sunbelt Conference. Ties them actually with South Alabama for second in the Sunbelt West Division, though South Alabama does technically have the tiebreaker over them, so they're like the 2B team. Um, they secured bowl eligibility last weekend against the aforementioned Texas State in a dominating fashion. I've got a few notes on that. If you missed uh, the recap, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, Marshall and the Red Wolves have two common opponents on the season, Russ. Both of us played South Alabama. Both of us took losses to South Alabama, although they did it 21 to 14. We, of course, did it 28 to nothing. And the other common opponent is Coastal. They took a loss to Coastal as well, 27-17. to 17. The Herd took a loss 34-6. to 6. So, both of us, 0-2 against common opponents. They were far more competitive in those games than we were, but this is a new day, right? Uh, ESPN Power Index, surprisingly, maybe, to some, really liked the Herd in this one. 61.1% chance to win. Now, that's not convincingly we like them. A little bit is that, yeah, the Herd's playing at home. Yeah, I get it, but I'm telling you. Would not have surprised me if we would have not been favored in that power index by ESPN. Vegas also likes the herd, Russ. Currently minus two and a half over under 53 and a half in this one. Puts you in that 28 to 26 type matchup. And there's a lot on the line in this game. I mentioned I have seven things. Maybe you'll remember a few. Maybe you have some that I haven't talked about. But the number one most important thing that's on the line in this game is bowl eligibility. One more game to play one more game. Simple. But what does that truly mean? Well, you keep your bowl game streak alive. You you get the most important thing other than one more game and a reward for your players for a really tumultuous season. A lot of highs and a lot of lows in this one. And to be able to cap it off for them and give them the treat of going to a bowl destination, going through that experience. For young players, it's a big deal. For seniors, they really want to do it because it's one more. But Perhaps more important than all that is the extra play, the extra practice you get for these young players that really Definitely. need it. We've shown that we need some more development and some more practice. That's mm-hmm. the type of springboard thing that really helps you in a spring. Number two, you get the opportunity at a 500 regular season. So some folks that try to be a little extra positive would say a non-losing regular season. But when you've gone on a five-game losing streak at some point during your season, if you can finish 500, I think you probably feel pretty good about that because you damn sure don't want to finish five and seven, you know? Uh, number three is the opportunity to climb out of the Sunbelt East Division basement. We need some help to do that. But if Appalachian State takes care of Georgia Southern this week, which they very well could do, they just off the heels of beating an undefeated James Madison, we beat Georgia Southern. If we do that, Georgia Southern falls down to the basement, tied with us, but by virtue of that 75-week win, we have the tiebreaker. According, Also, along with that, Old Dominion, just as a footnote, is playing Georgia State. Okay, If Old Dominion wins and if Marshall wins, the entire SBC East is bowl eligible. How freaking cool is that? Number four you get to be a part of an already record number of Sunbelt Conference bowl-eligible teams. It would really suck for us to send 10 teams, 11 teams as a conference to bowl games. 
and us not be one of those. That would really, really suck. Number five, you have the opportunity to go five and one at home, which is a big deal. You have to protect Jones C. Edwards Stadium. And if we're able to do that this week against Arkansas State, it's five and one at home. And number six, you get to send your seniors out with a final win at home, at the Jones, in front of their home crowd, in front of friends and family, and to go out winners amongst their brothers in Huntington, West Virginia. Lastly, you get to regain some positive momentum to push through the offseason, push through the bowl season, recruiting, and all that stuff. That's a big deal. That should not be understated. You go out and lose, don't get to a bowl, it's a whole different attitude and a whole different vibe. You're answering a lot of different questions in the offseason, right? So that's seven huge things, man. Seven huge things. Did I miss anything? Surely I did. Uh, you kind of covered it, uh, it throughout all seven, but ending your season, your regular season on a winning note is kind of a, a thing all to itself. You know, I mean, you did mention that. I mean, we'd have to do that to be, get bowl eligible. We'd have to do that to send the seniors off with a win. But um, just always capping off your season on a high note, you know, yeah. that that in and of itself is uh, always desirable, no matter what your record is. Yeah. Most certainly. So it's a late game or a late season game, right? Senior day. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we are heroes. You know, they're, they're honoring first responders and military and that kind of thing. And of course, I want to get your initial thoughts on this game, right? Without talking about keys and stuff like that. But sure, sure. What also comes along with a home game, Russ? Tailgating. Tailgate. So I know you love that. You really hang your hat on the tailgating. Yeah, and you do, and a you little know, bit. And we do a really good job of that. But, you know, I just am kind of on the sidelines for that because I'm in Florida most of the time. And, and when I do come in, I'm not very hands-on with tailgating because I kind of get more in the way than I do help execute. You know what I'm saying? So I want to get your thoughts on this game, both a little bit of the game, how the weekend feels to you. But, of course, I really want to talk about the tailgate. So. Lay it on me, man. What what are you feeling this one? What, what what's your personal vibe and 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 what do we got going on this weekend? First off, uh, I think a lot's been made about the team that we're getting ready to play that scored seventy seven points the last game, and we scored zero. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, without getting into all that stuff that we're going to cover later, you got to remember there's outliers and anomalies. They're not going to score 77 points every game the rest of the way. They're not going to have four non-offensive touchdowns, <laughs> you know, uh, two pick sixes, a fumble recovery, and a kickoff return. You know, right. they're not going to have that this game. If they do, I would I would nearly bet my house on it, you know. Uh, we're not going to go scoreless again, you know, and a lot of people would say, well, you know, I, I'll wait to see on that. It's so rare that you have those two things. You're not going to be expecting. So a lot of people expecting to see what happened last week, carry over and be the exact this week. That's why you play the games. I say that all the time and matchups matter and health matters and all kinds of different things matter. And I, I really think that we should not, not us, but fan base as a whole, be saying, well, they scored 77, we scored zero, so we're going to get blown out. It, mm -hmm. it just doesn't work that way. Uh, so that's my initial thoughts. Yeah, and as um, we as we get into some of the stats, I think we'll be able to 
bring fans around that are just having that initial knee-jerk reaction because, let's face it, man, the optics are pretty bad. 77 points versus zero points just last week. Reasons he just creeps into everybody's mind and they go, holy mm -hmm. crap, what, what are we, th this is the worst time to do this. And you're right, man, it's 77 points. What are three or four non-offensive touchdowns and no passing touchdowns to, to score? That just doesn't happen. It's so weird that that happened that way. But yeah. also in that win, they still allowed 31 points to their opponent, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of been the MO for these, this Red Wolves defense all year long. We'll get into that, but let's talk about yeah. tailgate. Let's talk tailgate. Tailgating, uh, typically what I have done almost every single year that I've tailgated during this specific game, whether it's a Black Friday game or whether it's a Saturday game, I have always done Thanksgiving sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And it's just been what I have made at home. And I take a toaster over and, you know, got different kinds of breads and say, hey, make your Thanksgiving sandwich the way that you like it. Or if you want me to layer it the way it should be done, you know. <laughs> The way, the <laughs> way that the wrong way. What's well, the way God intended the Thanksgiving <laughs> sandwich to be made, sir? Uh, but anyway, um, we're not doing that this week, and okay. we have a sponsor for this game, and it is no surprise. It's Landscaping by Hillcrest yet again. That's four out of six wow. games this year. Now I do have to say that um, also Mike Forbush, uh, who has been there. Uh, most of this season as well is kind of doing a joint uh, thing with them. So it's not just all landscaping by Hillcrest. Uh, Mike trains uh, and does basketball camps. Uh, he, he can train people uh, that are in youth, high school, uh, girls, guys, whatever, uh, how to get a perfect basketball shot, uh, drills, all this stuff. He has local camps, uh, very affordable uh, he, he's going to be highlighting his, his stuff as well. So those, those guys, uh, are, are friends with each other and they have decided to do a joint, uh, thing, but landscaping by hillcrest.com. You can check out all their stuff. They have been amazing this year, providing things for the fans to come by and eat for free, drink for free, that sort of thing. And it won't change this week. What we will be doing this week is chili, huge pot of chili that I'll be making at home and uh grilled cheese some people like peanut butter sandwiches with their uh chili and instead of grilled cheese we'll have those as well and uh plenty of uh drinks and things like that and uh someone that has been tailgating with us all year tailgated with us in the spring karen legrand huge fan of marshall on the fan committee on various different things goes to just about everything that she can she's making several desserts and uh it'll It'll be, uh, you know, get get hot on this cold day with some chili and then uh, chill with some dessert afterwards. But nice. all brought to you by Mike Forbush and his uh, basketball training and uh, landscaping by Hillcrest. Dang, man. Got a got a action packed all star lineup here for the, the final home game and senior day. And look, I will say this. I'm looking at the weather. It's It's supposed to be. A high of 51. There's not supposed to be any precipitation. A low right at 32. So you should get the best part of the day's weather for a 3.30 kickoff. But still, maybe a little chilly for some. Uh, just grab you a cup of coffee and come on over and get a hot bowl of chili and, and warm your innards up and get ready to, to uh, ride with the herd one more time as we gain bowl eligibility i just got a feeling that we're gonna find a way man uh, I, I just feel like that's gonna be a thing 
How can it not? (laughs) How can it not, man? But along with uh, this game, of course, we mentioned it's senior day. Mm-hmm. And uh, we mentioned in the recap that we were going to feature all that, all those guys. So I went and uh, wrote down everybody that was a senior, redshirt senior, grad transfer, or a fifth year. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's going to be a sixth year involved, but I'm going to mention those guys because mm-hmm. you you just don't know. And there are um, sixteen total on the roster. You got nine off 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 of the offense and seven defensive guys. Um, so let's, let's talk about it. This is offensive first in alphabetical order, followed by defense in alphabetical order. And if you'd like to have a quick word about somebody in particular, that's fine. Or if you want to wait until I run down the list I'll and then mention wait, something. wait until the end. Yeah. Okay, cool. The so offensively nine guys, uh, listed as either senior grad transfer or a fifth year offensive lineman, Chris Bradbury, offensive lineman, Ethan Driscoll. Wide receiver Talit Keaton, quarterback TJ McMahon, tight end Chris Matillo, wide receiver Ishmael Roy, wide receiver Daryl Simmons, tight end Luke Soto, and offensive lineman Dalton Tucker. Defensively, a lot of names that are going to be on that all-time great conversation. Defensive back Micah Abraham, linebacker Kashawn Brown, Defensive lineman, Sam Burton. Defensive lineman, Kylan McCracken. Linebacker, Eli Neal. Defensive end, Owen Porter. And defensive back, Jocelyn Went. Russ, 16 great players, huge contributors. Some of them are going to land on that all on those all-time lists in their particular impact stat categories for a long, mm-hmm. long time especially in a day and age where you it's hard to keep guys that are high performers. They can just transfer out, you know? So to have guys that put up big numbers, some of these guys are going to be suiting up for the final time, win or lose, at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Um, what do you got to say about this group of guys? I say that you got a couple of local names on here, and you got some a lot of loyal to this program names on here uh there are some ones that have transferred in that are on here that have not been here for a full uh traditional full set of of years but we have players on here that were recruited by us signed by us have been here from day one on this team not gone anywhere else they came back for additional years when they have already graduated and came back because they had an extra year, they had a COVID year, they had a grad year, whatever the different issues may have been that brought them back here, they agreed to come back here. They came back here for this program. They came back here for these fans. And we're going to see them for the final time for a lot of people in person. If we make a bowl that, you know, we don't send 20,000 people to a bowl. Uh, so a lot of people are going to be seeing them for the final time. And I really hope that people show up for an Owen Porter. I really hope that people show up for a Dalton Tucker and it doesn't matter that everybody else is not from here locally. It doesn't matter if they got here and we're only here this one year, each and every one of these individuals is a son of Marshall 
and I hope that we show up and honor them on their final game at Jones C. Edwards Stadium, the final regular season game of their careers. And some of these may come back because they've got an additional year, but this is likely the last game for the overwhelming majority of that list and probably a couple of others that are just not in that classification, but they've already graduated. Remember, this is not their university status. This is their eligibility Eligibility status. Yeah, that is what we're listing here. Just because someone's listed as a senior, they could be in grad school already here. You know, they might not be listed as a grad. They'd be listed as a grad here if they were in graduate school already or they were a grad transfer here. So just remember, there's a lot of names on here. Some people that would say, man, I got to go watch blank play at Marshall University. When people were talking about these great players and and some of them making the Hall of Fame uh, later on. Hey, dad, did you get to go there? Yes, I watched them when that that person was there. And this is going to be your final time to watch. We talked about Tavion Kenzie when he had his final game. And we were like, hey, we've only got a couple more games that you can go watch him in person. John Elmore, we only had a couple of games you could watch him in person. We knew that with uh, Byron, with Cato, with Pennington, with uh, Bradshaw, all these different people that that played here football-wise. And even recently last year, you know, we knew there were players going to be here for their final game. And uh, we, we owe it to them to go out and watch, but we owe it to ourselves to go watch them as well. Yeah, I, and I mentioned this in the recap, right? I don't care if you're mad about what just happened this weekend. It, that's fine. Be mad. Just go. Go to the game and be mad because I doubt that you are personally mad at any one of these guys that are going to be playing their final game. And I've also mentioned many times that they showed up for you to give you memories, to give you wins, to make you happy and high-five and hug in the stands and yeah. all that kind of stuff. This is the your opportunity to give that energy right back to them, right? And uh, you're right. To be able to see a guy, a local legend like Owen Porter, for the last time, I don't get to do that, but there are thousands of people that have the opportunity to do that and should do that. And and I'm just using Owen as, as one example, right? There are plenty of people out there in the herd fan base whose favorite player is Micah Abraham, whose favorite mm-hmm. player might be Talik Keaton. They're out there, mm-hmm. right? Because these guys have been fun to watch and just turn out for them. You should turn out for them, right? They they okay. they should just be the beneficiary of of all that positive energy that you can give them to help fuel this team to go out and win a sixth game for you. By the way, I got another thing to say too: is it's not just these sixteen that are going to be suiting up and playing in this game, mm-hmm. and we owe it to those who are not playing in their final game who will still be helping these guys go out on a high note. We owe it to them to come. And I don't care if we're 0-11 going into the final game. Yeah, that's not the results you want to see. But I, no one's happy right now with 5-6 and six going into the final game. You know, we still need to be there. We still need to be loud. Do you remember what we said about the 75 game and how our energy, if we went there yeah. and everything, and they fed off that energy. And we sure can do, do that again. And you can help be part of the solution to win. But each and every one of these players – whether they are 
a redshirt freshman, whether they're a walk-on uh, that's here for their very first year or whether they are a grad transfer, been here one year, and this is their final game uh, in this stadium. We owe it to all of them to be there and support them, no matter if we lost the last game, no matter if we got shut out the last game. We need to be here for them. And that's not be me being a homer or that's not me being a super fan or telling people how to fan. A lot of people are going to regret not going to games because they feel like they're making a statement or, well, I just felt like we'd, we'd lose. So I didn't want to go or, well, I didn't like the opponent that we were doing. A lot of people are going to regret it if they miss something. That's one of the best games that you've ever been to. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. how many times have you been talking to somebody and you said, man, were you there at that game when X happened? And everybody, oh, yeah, I did. And there's somebody that's like, no, man, I didn't go. I wish I would have, right. you know, just go, you yeah. know. You never know what freaky play or yeah. exciting circumstance is going to happen, right? How many yeah. people miss the game where, you know, it's just a regular game, but Aaron Dobson's backhanded catch. Yeah. You know, uh, Rockhead sets the single game rushing record against FAU. I was at that game, and it was not massively attended. You know, yeah. and I, who the hell knew that you were going to see a school rushing record, single game rushing yeah. record? You just don't know, right? Yeah. But I got to say this. You remember how excited that we were uh, leading into the season last year when Micah Abraham said, I'm coming back. When mm -hmm. Eli Neal said, I'm coming back. Yeah. And, and Owen Porter said, I'm coming back. And me and you sat here and went, that are three huge pieces, man. That yeah. We've lost yeah. so much. And those three guys are coming back to this defense and yeah. what it meant. Just imagine if they didn't. What would this defense yeah. look like if those three guys in particular did not come back, you yeah. know, but they did, they put their body through another season of abuse for fans for, mm -hmm. and for themselves, you know, yeah, they did. This is not a hundred percent, you know, fan sacrifice deal. They wanted to play, but they could have transferred. They mm -hmm. could have. These are guys yeah. that were not recruited by Charles Huff. were mm -hmm. not recruited by this staff and they stayed during a coaching mm -hmm. change and then yeah. through a coaching change. You know, and mm -hmm. they had undoubtedly opportunities to go other places, and they chose mm -hmm. to remain in Huntington, West Virginia, put on the Kelly Green and White, and suit up for Marshall University. The last thing I want to say is Marshall Football put out a nice little compilation video just a little bit ago. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I did. And I'm speculating, right, because it's a senior day video, and they're honoring the guys, seniors, that are supposed to be playing their last game. Notably also in this video, Number 22, Rasheen Ali, yep. heavily featured. Mm -hmm. Isaiah Gibson, heavily featured. And even a shot of Trent Holler, featured. These guys are not listed as seniors or grad transfers. These guys are juniors and redshirt juniors. Now, could be just pure coincidence, but seems to me if you're going to have a senior video, you're going to feature guys that may be playing their last game in Huntington. So, it could be your absolute last opportunity to see Rasheen Ali play. And I'm not tossing gasoline on the fire, but let's say Marshall goes out and wins this game. Rasheen's decided, I'm going to go to the NFL. It's a good likelihood maybe he doesn't play in a bowl game, right? To Just why risk it, right? And, and that's always a hot-button issue in the offseason. Players sitting out bowl games, we've seen it before. But it's something to be aware of. Even if Marshall mm -hmm. wins and makes a bowl game, you still might not see Rasheen Ali play in that game. This might be your last opportunity to see him play, period. At Marshall, don't miss that opportunity. On top of Owen, Eli, Micah, Talik, you know, Dalton Tucker, Driscoll, all these guys that have played a lot of football 
for the Hurts. Mm-hmm. Sam Burton. I mean, come on, man. Um, let's talk about some players for Arkansas State. How about that? All right. Yeah. There's a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. But it starts with the quarterback, number one, Jalen Rayner, six foot two oh four. He's a freshman, Russ. Freshman. 131 out of 217 on the season, 2,030 yards, 14 touchdowns, five interceptions on the season. 100 carries for 340 yards, another five touchdowns on the ground. He has been sacked 20 times, which accounts for minus 124 yards. So think about this. This guy, when he runs, is over 400 yards, nearly 450 yards. But sack, sack yardage removes his personal rushing, or maybe it doesn't. I don't. I never remember that. But anyway, uh, number two running back Jaquez Cross, five foot nine, one eighty nine. He's a sophomore. One hundred and nine carries on the season. Six hundred and sixty yards leads the team, and six touchdowns on the ground is tied for the team lead. His six point eight yards per carry lead the team. Number two, or I'm sorry, number twenty one running back Zach Wallace. Six foot two twenty nine. He's a junior. His one hundred and twenty one carries lead the team. Good for five hundred and fifty six yards. Also tied for the team lead with six touchdowns on the ground. Uh, good for four point six yards per carry. Then you got a couple of wide receivers we need to talk about. Wide receiver Courtney Jackson, five foot eleven, one eighty six. He's a junior. Leads the team in all categories. Thirty four receptions, six hundred and ten yards, and six touchdowns through the air. Good for seventeen point nine yards per reception. That does not lead the team. Number seven, uh, wide receiver Corey Rucker, six foot two ten. He's a sophomore, twenty six catches, five hundred eleven yards, no touchdowns through the air though, but he does lead the team in yards per reception with nineteen point seven. Uh, stats: This Red Wolves offense scoring twenty eight point four points per game. That's good for sixtieth nationally and ninth in the Sun Belt Conference. They do that. They do that on nearly three hundred and eighty two yards gained per game. That's sixty fifth in the country, also ninth in the Sun Belt Conference. And passing and rushing breakdown, 219.8 yards per game through the air, ninth in the Sun Belt, and 162 yards on the ground, eighth in the Sun Belt. Very down the middle offensively. So that's why you really shouldn't let that 77-point outburst like scare you too badly. All that tells me is that they're capable of scoring if some things go their way. Conversely, that herd defense, how does it match up? Well, we're giving up 28.8 points per game. That's 93rd in the country, 8th in the Sunbelt Conference on 382.2 yards. They're gaining 382. We're allowing 382. 73rd in the country for the herd in that category, 8th in the Sunbelt Conference. And then pass and rush. We're really decent through the air, even though it's still eerily similar. 214.5 yards is good for 5th in the Sunbelt Conference of pass defense. 168 yards allowed on the ground is 10th. They are getting 220 through the air. We're allowing 215. They're getting 162 on the ground. We're allowing 168. Eerily similar. Way too close for my liking. Way too close for my liking. And it gets weirder when you talk about defense. But what do you got about this Red Wolves offense? Well, it is impressive uh, that you've got a uh, freshman that is a dual threat like he is. He is third in carries just behind Cross. Cross has 109 carries on the year and Rayner at quarterback has a hundred and uh Wallace has both of them at 121. Mm-hmm. Um only 60.4 and I say only that's about what you expect from a freshman. You know, it, it's going to increase as the game slows down for them, the experience that they have, uh just the 
everything about, I mean, it, probably still growing, getting stronger at that age from For a freshman sure. to, you know, freshman to a junior and senior. So they maybe have a little more zip on the ball, maybe a three to five more yards on their, on their long ball, things like that. Uh, what impresses me the most out of all this from a freshman? He doesn't have eye popping stats as far as like 2000 yards. That's not going to lead the nation. It's not bad at all but he's 14 touchdowns to only five interceptions as a freshman. Usually you expect more freshman mistakes than that. That is something that we need to watch in this game. 14 touchdowns, again, not blowing anything out of the water, only five interceptions. Over half, if not a lot more in the country, would love to have only five interceptions, and sometimes that's your elite Heisman-level quarterback's have more than five going into the last week. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, uh, he's a threat. And he does have sack yards of 124 negative. And I do believe that is coming off his yard. So in his hundred rushes, he's more up there around the 460 yards. So 4.6 every time he touches it when he runs, that is something to worry about. So we are going to have to put a spy on him. We're going to have to watch him for design quarterback runs for the tuck and run, that sort of thing. But he's a threat through the air. He's a threat on the ground. And they've got two running backs that even though they don't have the near thousand yards, they've got 1200 between the two of them. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be something to watch and they've got, Three uh, three wide receivers there, uh, Foreman, Rucker, and Jackson, that are all um, threats, 17.9, 19.7, and 21.0 oh, on their yards. Well, how many how many receptions was that guy with 21? I missed that. Well, he's only got 21, but yeah. he's got – he leaves them in average with uh, uh, 21.0 uh, on his average uh, yards per catch, good for 440 yards but he has four touchdowns. And then the second leading receiver, Rucker, has 26 receptions for 5'11", 19.7, but he has no touchdowns. Right. So uh, that's the the deal is we've got some guys that haven't, or one that hasn't made the end zone, but he's their second leading receiver in yards and receptions. Yeah. And uh, he's got a long of 68 and still didn't get into the end zone you got to feel like a guy like that is a threat to get in the end zone, (laughs) even though he hasn't all year, you know, it's just weird that he hasn't. Yeah. So um, it's, they've got three wide receivers and more than that, that can catch the ball, but 34, 26 and 21, those aren't eye popping at all going into your final game of the year for your reception leader to only have 34. Uh, But we are in a very similar boat as, as those guys, but, Six touchdowns, four touchdowns, 10 of the 14 that uh, this quarterback has thrown has gone to those two wide receivers. Yeah. What scares me, I think, the most is the running ability. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have that 1,000-yard rusher, but you have three guys, 450, 550, 660. To me, that's almost more worrisome. Because I yeah. know I have to account for three guys instead of just stopping one, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and they're tasked with really the complete opposite of that. You stop one great running back, then 
you set yourself up. Whereas our defense is going to have to stop three pretty lethal runners. You know, that's scary to me. And even though we have not seen Marshall as of late, probably the last third of this season, if not maybe a little bit more without actually going back and looking, we've done a tremendously better job of not giving up that 60-yard untouched run touchdown on yeah. defense. You know, that that's kind of gone away. Mm-hmm. And that trend is that uh, most certainly going to have to continue this week for, yeah. for us to uh, hope to have a win. One final thing about Cross is he is also in the return game. He had a touchdown uh, kickoff return last last uh, week. So um, he's a young running back, leads them in uh, rushing yards and, and all that, but he is a threat in the return game. Yeah. Let's move to defense because uh, it really is the – it, I'm not going to just say it's all about the second level, but on the from a tackle standpoint, it is. Uh, disruptively, they're very good at the, in the defensive line and impact type plays. Uh, so let's start with that second level. Number 36 linebacker Charles Willicks, or it might be Wilkes. I don't know. That extra E is throwing me off. Six foot one, 228 pounds. He's a junior. Leads the team in tackles with 81 total for with 31 solo tackles. He has one and a half sacks, one forced fumble, and a pass defended. Nipping at the heels. Number 24 linebacker Javante Mackey, six foot two, 228, another impact freshman for this Red Wolves team. 80 total tackles. So you have 81 and 80. He leads the team with 50 solo. Uh, two sacks, one fumble recovery, and a pass defended. Number nine, you slide into the safety position here with Travian Thomas, five foot 11, 192. He's a junior. Right behind those two with 76 total tackles, 48 solo. He's got an interception, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery to go along with four passes defended. Then you slide right back down to that linebacking core with number 21, Malik Straker, 5'10, 210. He's a junior. 74 tackles, 38 of those solo, two interceptions, of, and one of those was like an 80-some yard pick six. Impact plays, this Red Wolves defense has 21 total sacks as a team, but get this, eight of those come from two guys, defensive ends, Kieran Crawford and Thurman Gethers. Four and a half for Crawford, three and a half for Gethers. So a big chunk of this team's total sacks come from those two defensive ends. Impact, the rest of the impact plays, six interceptions, six forced fumbles, six fumble recoveries, and 35 total passes defended. This Red Wolves defense allows 30.8 points per game. Let me say that again. They allow 30.8 points per game. You can score on them. They have shown it. This ain't week two where you got an outlying number. This is through the entire season. We've talked about how people are being able to score on us. Well, you can score on them too. That's good for 102nd in the country. Uh, 10th in the Sunbelt Conference. Yards per game allowed 441. This Red Wolves defense gives up. Uh, that's a 121 in the country and 12th in the Sunbelt Conference. Now, uh, points, or I'm sorry, pass yards are allowing 266, good for 11th in the SBC in rushing yards. They're uh, allowing 175 per game, 12th in the Sunbelt Conference. Not a very great defense, okay? Heard offense, though, just 22.2 points per game. That is 102nd in the country, 13th out of 14 teams in the Sunbelt Conference. We are gaining 345 yards uh, per game, 93rd in the country, 13th again in the Sunbelt Conference. Passing, 224 per game. That's good enough to be in the middle in the Sunbelt for the herd, 8th. But 
Would you have guessed this, Russ? I would not have. If you told me this, I would have thought you were lying. Marshall allow, uh, is gaining just 121 rushing yards per game, dead last in the Sun Belt Conference with Rashina Ali in the backfield. Would never have thought that to be a thing. Yet here we are. Uh, let me talk about the place kicker, and then you can go back real quick, and we can talk about this defense. Number thirty-three place kicker Dominic Zavada, six foot three, one seventy-four. He's a sophomore. Fifteen out of twenty on field goals with a long of fifty-three. Hello, and thirty-seven out of thirty-seven on extra points for the for the year. Russ, back to the Red Wolves defense. Well, what do you make of it? It's almost one of those uh, things we were talking about a uh, previous team where it was it was a break but don't bend kind of deal where they <laughs> give up a lot of points, you know. Uh, yeah. But you've got three linebackers here at, uh, let's get back to it, 81, 80, and 74 tackles. And those are three of the top four tacklers on the team. Then you've got a safety that's got 76 tackles and poor, uh, four pass defended and an interception. The uh, cornerback has 12. Johnson has 12 passes defended. That's two more than Mike Abraham. That's yeah. one uh, more than one a game, you know, that, that he's doing. Uh, he doesn't have any other eye-popping stats, but that might be one of those uh, guys that you just don't throw at. It might be one of those guys that gets burned all the time. But he also uh, gets some pass deflections. Yeah, you know, you just don't you don't know unless you watch every single game on on what he is because just having twelve pass deflections means or passes defended means that he is good at doing that. That all that does not mean though because he has no interceptions that he's not a guy that you can't beat down the field. Um, it getting sacks. You know, you two defensive ends. You got. Three and a half and four and a half. Uh, that's not a crazy amount, but you know, there are also threats to come here. But that doesn't mean because they've only gotten to the quarterback eight times combined between the two of them that you know, basically, what it is that they give up a lot or they get a lot of tackles. Mm -hmm. You know, they have two uh interceptions for touchdowns, those were both the last game, you know, two of their interceptions at least then had to be in the last game. They got sacks in the last game. It's like I was talking earlier when we were talking about 77 points, there's anomalies and outliers every single game. They had a couple of those defensively on the last game and they still gave up 31 like right. we're talking. So, um it's it's I'm not downplaying their team. I'm not. We we are going to have to score and we're going to have to do a good job of containing them so we can walk out with the win. I'm not mm -hmm. downplaying at all. But we should not be worried about, well, they scored 77 last week, and we scored zero last week. Therefore, it's over. You know, it is not over. It's a winnable game. Sure. And, and we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to do some cool things to win that, which I hope we can cover in the keys. But their defense, just because they have a lot of people with a lot of tackles, I'm more interested in the score. I'm more interested in the total yards. Yeah. I don't care about some of those, uh, some of those numbers and that they have two pick sixes. The likelihood that they have two pick sixes in back to back games is extremely low. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that we won't see a pick six? No, anything can happen in a game. It's just 
it didn't happen until last week's game. You know, it, this isn't like they've been putting up two pick sixes for most of their games this year. They've been giving up a lot of points all year long. Yeah. I would be far like, look, if, if they come into this game and they're like, we had 77 points on all 11 of them were offensive touchdowns, be a little petrified. Yeah. Didn't happen yeah. that way, right? And, and Marshall's just as capable. We've got plenty of playmakers that can go out and we can have three defensive scores and a special team score, right? We can do that too. You telling We've me done that, it this year, just wait, not all in the same game. Right. Are you telling me that Elijah Austin can't take a interception to the house 80-some yards? Sure he can. You can't tell me that Mike Abraham can't take him to the house? You can't tell me that Owen Porter can't get a scoop and score and run the other way with it? All things we've seen just in different games, right? You're telling me that Jaden Harrison can't take a kick return back? All things we've seen just doesn't all happen in the same game. This is easily a winnable game. It's just not going to be an easy game to win, if you right. if if right. that makes sense. It does. Uh, so so let's get into some keys. What's your number one key to victory? Number one key is just like last week, we got a score, and uh, you know obviously we didn't do that last week, and we got shut out, which yeah. made it even worse. But uh, we got a score. And I think that it needs to be like what we were talking about in the uh, uh, 75-week game, that we needed to score over 30. So I think that that's what we're going to have to do. I said the exact same key last week, that we needed to find creative ways to score five touchdowns. And I think that we still need to be in that four to five touchdown range that we're going to have to put up this week. So it's going to be a drastic change from last week, but not a drastic change from the week before that. Yeah. We just have to score points, and we need to be in the 30s. Yeah, you need a little Jonesy Edwards magic to show itself in this game, mm -hmm. you know, because you, you don't struggle as mightily as we have week to week offensively and not need a little something. Uh, my number one key to victory is so football 101, but with how we've talked about this offense from the Red Wolves and what we know about our herd offense, it's easy, man. You stop the run and you run the football. That's what you got to do. They got three backs and a, or two backs and a quarterback that can just slice you and dice you. And we have to put most of our eggs in one basket with Rasheen Ali. So you have to stop the run and you have to be able to run the football. They racked up 291 yards against Texas State last week with seven rush touchdowns. That's not something that I wanted to see. I told you they scored 11 touchdowns without a passing touchdown. Well, it's because they got seven on the ground, right? Behind nearly 300 yards of rushing, you can't get anywhere close to having that happen. I mean, you're going to have to be probably under half of that yardage allowed and two-thirds, if not three-fourths of those touchdowns have to go away, right? There is no chance in hell Marshall is going to – be able to weather a seven-rush touchdown performance by Arkansas State. No chance. What's your number two? Well, and not just Marshall, but just about every team in the just nation. Just about anybody. Not, yeah, is not going to be able to withstand seven rushing touchdowns. Almost no one would be able to go up against 77 points and come out with a victory. Okay. So it's not just unique to us. My number two is we have got to win the turnover battle decisively. I, I, we cannot have three to five turnovers unless they have eight. We cannot have one yeah. unless they have three or four. Right. We need to decisively 
pick them off. We need to decisively force fumbles or, and we need to decisively limit our mistakes and our turnovers. We have just got to do that. It will help with the uh, uh, field position. It will help the, the, with the scoreboard. We have got to win the turnover battle decisively. My number two key to victory might cause a little bit of ruckus. I think we need to have two quarterbacks available. I think Cam Fancher needs to be available for this game. If he's not, then it takes away something that we have needed, uh, which is quarterback escapability and mobility in these last two games. Georgia Southern, the special teams was the difference in the game. We've talked about that many times. And not being able to create something with your legs, having that additional runner, it has just not been a good recipe for the herd, you know, last week. It just wasn't. I think we need to have two quarterbacks available. So if one, no matter who starts, if it's Cam or Cole, whatever, if one struggles, you have the ability to try to get a spark. We've seen Cole come in and provide that spark, right? And I think there is something positive about having that at your disposal. You don't have to stick with the guy who's in a funk or it's just not working. It's not his day. There's, it, it, it doesn't mean he's bad. It just means, wait a minute, today's not his day. It's not clicking. It ain't working. Let's try to get something going. We can't afford to, there is no live for tomorrow. It's win today, you know, to have tomorrow. I think we're going to have to have two quarterbacks available. And I know we'll have more available, but nobody else has taken a snap this year, you know, that, so do you really want to task you know, a youngster, do you really want to task pair check with, you know, trying to dig you out of a hole in a must-win game and all that kind of stuff? Is he capable? I don't know. Probably. He wouldn't be a Division One athlete if he didn't have that dog in him, right? But you need guys that have been in the games before and have played in these moments before, and I just think we need two quarterbacks available. Don't care who starts. Don't care. Whoever's the hot hand, whoever it's working, whatever. You do what you got to do to get a win. You answer the questions after the game. That's it. I don't care. I don't, I don't want to fight, well, Cam this and Cole that. and this. I don't care. You need to win. That's what it's all about this week. You answer the questions in the post game of how you got that win. Don't care. What's your number three? Their kicker has a 13% touchback percentage. That gives opportunities for a run game. Now, that doesn't mean that it won't be pooch kicks and we have to do uh, fair catches and take it on the 20 uh, or things like that. But uh, – we have an opportunity to really do some damage with the return game. I know that they're going to try not to let Jaden Harrison touch the ball. Why would you? Why you know, would you? We're talking, <laughs> we're talking about going into last week's game. He was number one in touchdowns and number one in yards per return. You're talking uh, about a guy that could potentially be an All-American at, at kick returner. Think about that. Right. Think about that. So why would they? But they've only got a 13%. Uh, and again, not watching every game, maybe they do more pooch kicks. Maybe they just are kicking it right at the end zone. Uh, maybe it's one yard deep and people are just running it on it. You never know. Right. Again, I've not watched all 11 Arkansas State games. I don't have the time. But 13%, yeah, 13 uh, touchback percentage, that means to me we've got a chance. Yep. And uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see some way that we get Jaden a chance to break one or at least flip the field, put us up near the, the 50 to start a drive. 
Yeah. So uh, that is a key for me is watching uh, the opportunities that Jaden gets or anyone uh, because he's not the only athlete that we have back there that's capable. That's why they're put back there. But our return game to have a, a good uh, good chance to flip the field or make an impact on the game. Yeah, he's not the the only. He's just one of the best in the country at it, you know? I hate to keep speculating on things like this, but my number three key to victory is I think we need J.J. Roberts back also. He just provides so much playmaking ability. He adds something extra to that defense. He's just such a huge cog, man, in run support, in, in sure tackling, and in coverage. He's just a piece that we need back. We, we, we had no idea going in that he was not going to be available for South Alabama, and boy, his absence really showed. It really showed. You know, no, no, no slight to the young guys. They played really well, but you just have a hard time substituting 10-plus tackles a game from a safety position, right? Uh, without looking at Marshall season totals, feel pretty confident that he's up there probably in the top three or four in tackles, maybe even higher. Um, we see Arkansas State have the same similar situation. Their number three leading tackler is a safety. That's the same book that we're writing. You know, J.J.'s just a playmaker, and I think we need him back there. Uh, what's your number four? Number four has got to be the fans for me. And uh, we talk about the impact that the fans can make. We talked earlier, I did, about I feel it's our obligation. I talked about that before. Uh, it's our mm -hmm. obligation to be there and to be that 12th man, to be loud and let these fans, I mean, let these players eat off the fans' energy. And they don't come over to the fans and wave their arms up. They don't do that unless it makes a difference. They're not doing it for theatrics. They're doing it because they know that it impacts the game. Mm -hmm. And we have got to do that. If we have 16,000 there, I want it to sound like we've got 35. If we've got 20 there, I want it to sound like 45. And I've been there and I've heard it. Mm -hmm. I've witnessed it. And I want Joan C. Edwards Stadium rocking. And I want it to be our fans. And I'm not telling everybody here you're crap if you don't show up. There's things that people can't be there. It's Thanksgiving week. Some people might not even be in the state. I get yeah. it. I'm not calling anybody out. But if you go there, I want you to be a difference maker. If you go there, one, I want you to try to get somebody to go with you. If you are there, I want you to be as loud as two people. And I think that that will really make an impact. And I want that to be my key to victory, that the fans make this a difference maker uh, in this game. Right as rain. You know, I will say this. It's always tough because Thanksgiving week, a lot of students are out of town. So the student section is usually quieter. But I'm going to say this. If you're a student and you hear this and you're in town and you're like, man, you know, I don't think I'm going to go because I don't have a tailgate to go to. Yeah, you do. It's on the C lot right behind the video board. You're welcome at the Thundercast tailgate. Bring only thing we're going to tell you to do. If you want to be there and come take part, eat some chili, have some fun, talk about the herd. You got to bring somebody with you. You got to bring somebody to the game with you. You can't come alone. You have to bring a friend. And I don't care if it's a random citizen that you don't know. Because it, it's your obligation, I feel like, as a student to bring somebody with you, like Russ said, to the game. Feel that student section. These guys on the field feed off of your energy. And in turn, we as fans feed off of their energy. You can be proactive or reactive, right? You can wait for a good play to happen before you cheer. Or you can shoot that energy down to field level for those guys to create a big play for you. 
right? Uh, but my number four key to victory is the herd just has to find a way. That's it. You find a way against whatever odds are faced to you during that game does not matter. You got to find a way. There is no more. And, and you know, I'm going to use some of Huff's terms, right? He says, like, we've got to get that fixed. We've got to get that cleaned up. We've got to do a better job of this. This is it. This is rubber meets road. There is no tomorrow unless you win today. So you have to find a way. When you, you put your head down, you battle, battle, and battle. And then when it's all said and done and the clock is at zero, you have to look up at the scoreboard and see that you are ahead. And I don't care how you get there. I don't think anybody cares how you get there. I don't even think how the players care how they get there. They just know they got to get there, you know. Uh, I've got one more because this is a – there's a lot on the line here, and and you just alluded to it. My number five key to victory is you got to have a packed stadium. Two voices need to be the same volume as five. And I've said it many times. Don't go to the game because you're pissed off. Go to the game pissed off. M make them change your mind on how this season has gone. Right, because there, there's just too much uh, that that can happen still for this herd team. Six and six, nobody's going to be happy with. There's going to be a lot of questions in the off season. Five and seven, absolutely nobody's going to be happy with. And there's going to be a lot of questions in the off season. Right, fans ask questions. If we were ten and two, fans would be like, "Well, we got to do." How'd we lose those two? <laughs> exactly. So I you're mean, always going to ask questions. You're always going to yeah. ask questions. But being six and six and looking down a bowl, better than five and seven and sitting at home. That's it. You just need a packed stadium. Fans make that happen. We're going to do our best to send as many people. I don't know how many. You know how many tickets we have to this game? Uh, just there four. Um, that's all I know. Okay, I didn't know if uh, other people have reached out to you. I mean, I know we had four, so we're going to at least send not, not four yet. people to yeah. the game. You know, we're going to do our part to get some people there. So be on the lookout for that. Speaking of that, you need to go on Herd Zone or social media for the Herd Football or uh, at Herd Zone or at Herd FB, and you need to look and see if you're wanting to go to the game. If you have uh, military, uh, oh yeah, experience, uh, there's a coupon code there for two free tickets. I think it's Veteran is what you uh, you put in, but you can go there and uh, or maybe it's Hero. I can't remember. It's one of the two. Uh, but you can also get $15 tickets if you're not. Uh, so you can go for 15 bucks mm -hmm. and uh, bypass waiting in the line, going to the box office. If you're a day of kind of guy, go order those online, get yourself a di digital ticket. You can get them for free or you can get them for 15 bucks, depending on if you were in the military or not. Yeah. Good um, deal. Good. Yeah. Deal. So they're making please, it easy to go. So go, please, please go. Please take a friend. All right, MVP time. Who is your MVP this week for the herd? The entire defense. <laughs> okay. And I think uh, I think that that would be something to hang the hat on. You got at least three, but more that were on that list, but at least three that came back that we mentioned. Yeah. And how fitting would that be for them to make a huge impact? One that decisively won this game. Uh, because of the difference that they made, that the entire defense could be pointed at and said, that was your MVP right there. Yeah. I, you know, I chuckle, and it's not because of what you said. It's a, it's because of what I'm about to say. <laughs> uh, but what if your defense goes out and shuts out a team that just set a Sunbelt record in points, right? How how wild. That, that would be just such the martial thing for the season, you know? Um, <laughs> but this is why I laughed. My my deep or shit. My MVP this week is 
the entire offense <laughs> from having no points a week ago, you know, barely over 22 points a game. You know you got to have this one, and you can't win it unless you score points. <laughs> that's that's my MVP is the entire offense. Do you well, have here's what prediction? Here, here, I do. Here's what I hope happens then that we can both say we were right the offense was the mvp and the defense was the mvp a 40 to and hell, shut out and hell so was the special teams and the coaches <laughs> and the fans uh, you know the tailgate was bumping i mean everything you know uh, oh man that's good that's good i do have a score prediction okay. i think that we rise to the challenge and we we defend joan c edwards stadium like we have historically in the past and we make a great showing for our uh, guys that are going to be playing their last game here. Mm -hmm. And we have some special performances and yeah, it goes back and forth, but I see us picking up a 31 to 24 victory to send everybody out. Pretty close to what I had this week. I am definitely not betting against the herd as you probably figured because there's just too much here. And I think the herd finds a way. I just think they find a way. 27-23, tighter game, but Hurd comes out on top. And I and I get this very 2019-type vibe. Do you remember that game, that, that, that senior day game that was uh, Marshall against Florida International? And FIU was not a very good team, and we ended up going to freaking overtime with them. And... We got us a touchdown. They were not able to get one, and we escaped. And a lot of fans felt like that was an escape, you know, because we scored late to get back into that. And then Brendan Knox took over overtime, and we escaped with a win. Marshall was a better team than FIU. That was like an eight-win team, you know. So FIU was like a three-win team. But I get those type of vibes. This is not going to be a runaway victory, I don't feel like. Boy, I sure hope it is. I hope they go out and just boat race the ever-loving shit out of Arkansas State. It just doesn't feel like that to me. I think this is going to be a punch-for-punch, street-fight-type, you know, game. And and that is also very fitting for what this herd season has been, 27-23. to 23. Final words for you, Russ. Yeah, first, I want to know, I recognize that logo. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, that is uh, a great shirt. Yeah. But uh, why don't you tell everybody what that E-Lose Brews shirt that you're wearing there in Kelly Green is all about? Yeah, I guess you probably noticed this is the first episode I've ever done that I think I'm not wearing a Marshall shirt of some sort. But it is Kelly Green and White. And yeah, this is E-Lose Brews. This is our uh, a friend, our old fraternity brother from, oh gosh, the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, this is Eric Lewis. He's He's a home brewer in... Uh, Blacksburg, and I saw him during the Virginia Tech game, and it was great to reconnect with him. And he brought, uh, he had some of his beer that he brews, and and he was like, "Man, you got to try this. This is my pumpkin uh, beer." And I tried it, man, it was freaking great. And he was like, "Hey, I got some shirts. Would you uh, like a shirt?" I'm like, "You got a Kelly Green one?" Because all I saw was a stack of maroon. You know, I'm like, "I ain't rocking yeah. no VT colors, man. That ain't happening." Uh, so he's like, "Yeah, of course I got Kelly Green and white." So. He gave me a T-shirt, and uh, I got to tell you, this is damn comfortable. <laughs> it's really soft. I really like it, um, and uh, it's just a cool cool logo. So I felt like supporting Eric. I felt like supporting Elu's Brews, and, and uh, you can uh, check them, him and them out on Instagram at Elu's Brews. So you can, uh, you know, maybe 
keep abreast of of him and his homebrew expertise. But shout out to Eric, man. He's a he's a he's a good buddy from a while back, and and because uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention Chris, you know, because uh, he's part of our cook team. That's Eric's brother, and uh, you guys have. He's one of the Kentucky Mash boys. So if you're down at a at a herd tailgate of ours where they are there cooking, then uh, you can get to meet Chris too. So those guys are great guys, along with Kyle and the rest of that Kentucky Mash Boys crew. But I wanted to throw a little support and just let everybody know that there is a there are some herd alums doing some things in the home brew space and the brewing the brewing space. I'm sure there are a lot, but you know we like Eric and I wanted to shoot some people over to his Instagram page if 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 we can. But appreciate you pointing that out. No, no problem, man. I, I always uh, love to shout out to uh, longtime friends and yeah. stuff like that. It, it was great to catch up with Eric. Uh, I, I really wish he lived closer or, you know, we played uh, Virginia Tech more often yeah, so we too. could so we could <laughs> go there, him come here, that sort of thing seemed a lot more. But uh, final words for me is uh, this is a big game. I see us rising to the challenge, but I hope our fans will too. I hope our fans will go there and make the impact that I know that we can. Who gives a damn about the first 11 games when it comes to this one? You know, this is a game. We hear it in coaches, not ours, but nationally. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. We're going 1-0 this week. That's a one-game season that we have this week, and we have a chance as fans to go there and help us go 1-0 and send these seniors out and see them for the last time and, and go to a bowl game. We have that ability, and I hope that we rise to the challenge as much as the team does. Yeah, well said. Uh, I've got a two-part thing for final words here. Number one is basically everything you just said. Go to the game, put your Kelly Green on, bundle up a little bit, be willing to be cold just to go out and push this team over the hump to that 500 season. Be the be willing to go out and give a little bit of your energy and a little bit extra of your support to the fan to the players that have given you so much of their lives the past two, three, four, five, six years, even. Right? You're gonna you're not gonna want to be um, missing out on guys like Owen Porter's last game at Marshall. You know, because these are guys. I've, I tweeted this earlier, and I believe this to be true. These are guys that are going to come back to games as alums, and you're going to want to have your picture picture taken with them, right? Because you're like, holy crap, man, it's Owen Porter. Oh man, that's Micah Abraham. Oh, look, Eli Neal loved watching him play. You know, you're going to want to connect with them in the parking lots and and, and just maybe become friends on a different level that player fan friendship is one thing a relationship is one thing but you know we've been fortunate enough to kind of become friendlier with some of our former players and you 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 really learn that they're not just guys that played football they're they're guys you know and that's been a really cool part of what we do or a benefit of what we do is being able to make relationships with some of these guys and you're going to want to do that. You're going to tell stories about Owen Porter's six-shooter celebration for years and years and years. And now that things like smartphones are in our everyday lives, you know, those are readily available. You can say, check this out. Look what Owen Porter was doing back in 2023, 2022. That's a kick-ass celebration, right? It's stuff like that. Get out to the game and support them. The last thing I'm going to say is um, – has to do with something I mentioned during 
the the recap episode seven of 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 of, of South Alabama, and it has to do about seventy five week and 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 Huff's post game comments. Remember we talked about that. I had uh, I had feelings ab- about the term emotional hangover being used, and and I know, and I said a lot of fans did too. And this doesn't happen very often, uh, but it felt weird to me. I, I told, I said that the, the comment just felt weird to me, and and I felt better after bringing it up and just talking about it. I just wanted to get it out there, and I felt much better afterward. But in the interim, uh, after the show went up the other day, um, Huff reached out to me, and I appreciated that, you know, because he didn't have to do that. It's a dude. It's this is a game week. There's game prep going on, and there's bowl eligibility on the line. There's a 500 record on the. He's got so much more important shit going on this week than to take a little bit of time out and say, "Hey, man, I heard what you said, and I want to clear the air." You know, I, I don't want you or any of the other fans thinking anything wrong. And he clarified for me, and I appreciated that. So. Number one, I want to say thanks to Huff for even feeling the need to have to reach out to me because that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know by telling me that I can in turn tell everybody else that's listening and you can hear the justification too or what he meant by that because I knew deep down he he was not slighting 75 week. Why in the hell would you do that, right? So – he was said he was referring to our ability over or inability, however you want to categorize it, over the last few years off of the heels of a big win to come out and lay an egg, so to speak. You had the big win at Notre Dame. What happens? We go to Bowling Green the next week and we lay an egg and we get beat. And that's what he was talking about. He was he, so maybe just the the words emotional hangover was just the bad, the the wrong thing to say, right? I get what he's saying. And and I knew that deep down, I knew what he meant. It just sounded wrong to me. And I appreciated him clearing the air. And he was talking about his, that he hasn't, you know, been able to find that consistency after a big game so that we still come in with a, you know, really baseline, really higher baseline level of play. We've just kind of dipped in those at following those big wins. And, I, while I understand that and I appreciate that, what I want to say to Coach Huff is that, dude, that's been happening as long as I've been a Marshall fan. I mean, that ain't a Huff coach team's things. We did that when Doc was here. We did that when um, Mark Snyder was here. We did that when Bob Pruitt was here, and I'm sure we did it before, you know. Uh, but I, I, I just want everybody to know that, you know, that there's – He's he said I'm not I was not using the game as an excuse, you know. Even though it may have sounded that way, because it, it, it my knee jerk reaction is that's what it sounded like, right? Uh, even though I knew better, it just didn't sound right. And he cleared the air, and I appreciate that. And I just want everybody to know that um, that's not what he meant. And it was more about our program's inability to constantly uh, maintain a higher level of play following a big win. You know, he used the term, uh, he even said, referenced the Old Dominion game. After mm-hmm. we beat Virginia Tech, that's a big win. And we come out, and even though we beat Old Dominion, do you remember what happened at five touchdowns or four or five touchdowns of 60-plus yards? 
vaguely. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, I remember. He was like, I remember. He, he was like, we had to claw back into that one, and yeah. we and we were able to win. But it's the same thing. Off of a big win, we came out and and had those things happen. So, right. Um, I appreciate that, and I told him I think uh, you know a lot of what I just said here is I think we're going to find a way this week. But you know, thanks for taking time away from busy prep week and and to just to address that. So, um. I got nothing else. We're going to get, almost said the F word. (laughs) We're going to get a freaking win this week. (laughs) That's how good I feel about it. We're going to get us a freaking win this week. We're going to go to a bowl. And by golly, if we land in Boca or Tampa or Orlando, I'm going to do my best to get my ass to the bowl game so I can cheer him. And that'll be my senior day for these guys. I'll be able to show my support for them. Russ, take us out of here if you got nothing else. Whether you see us at the cam, whether you see us at the vet, or whether you see us over at the sea lot, tailgating and then going in and being as loud as we can to be three people five people whatever we can for our own selves that's in the game no matter where you see us we'll be saying go herd go herd it's the thundercast let's go get us a freaking win later